It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Today, the first cruise ship of the summer arrives in Sitka, marking the start of what should be a record-breaking season. But the community's response to the growth in cruise travel is evolving. Tonight, the Sitka Assembly will decide whom to appoint to the newly formed Tourism Task Force, which will explore next steps for the city's long-term management of tourism. The task force has five directives to tackle over the next year. They've been asked to make recommendations in several important areas. The level of tourism in Sitka an annual review cycle of city operations and tourism funding, a tourism management best practices plan, land use and waterfront development policies, and regional strategies to advance Sitka's interest in the tourism sector. Once the task force's year is up in April of 2024, it may also recommend the Assembly create a permanent tourism commission. The nine-member body has designated a certain number of seats for representatives from the tourism and cruise industries, local businesses, and members of the public, as well as the Sitka Tribe of Alaska, Ports and Harbors Commission, and Sustainability Commission. You can find a list of the applicants for each seat on our website at kcaw.org. The Sitka Assembly will meet at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Kiku Shaheen Elementary School has a new principal. Mindy Berry will take over for Casey Demert this summer. Berry is currently Keith's Learning Support Coordinator. An interview committee comprised of representatives from both certified and classified staff, district administration, parents, and community members conducted interviews and made a recommendation on the hire. Feedback collected from staff and families was considered during the interview process. Prior to her two years as learning support coordinator, Barry worked as a reading interventionist and classroom teacher. Barry will work with outgoing principal Casey Demert to ensure a smooth transition in leadership and will officially start as principal in August for the beginning of the 2023-2024 school year. Demert is retiring after a long career in the district's administration. The Sitka School Board has gone out on a limb, maybe the longest limb it's ever gone out on, in passing a budget for next year. In a split vote last Thursday, the board voted to keep staffing levels the same as this year and to almost completely drain the district's reserves. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The most money for education in Alaska comes from the legislature, and that's the rub for Sitka and every other school district in the state. The legislature hasn't decided how much it will spend next year, leaving schools to draft their budgets based on guesswork. It's an infuriating and agonizing process for local communities that want to spend as much as they can on schools, keeping good teachers, recruiting new ones, and maintaining sports, music, and other extracurricular programs that incentivize attendance. Board member Tristan Gavon attributed much of Sitka's difficult position to a faulty legislative process. What we're doing here is we're building a budget without an idea of what our revenues will be because uh, of inaction by the state. You know, we all kind of, you know, we've, we've talked to death kind of the situation with the BSA that it hasn't been increased since, since 2016, since July 1st of 2016. In that same time period, you know, we faced about 25% inflation. So, so in essence, that flat funding, um, you know, is a budget decrease, a significant budget decrease. The BSA stands for Base Student Allocation, or the amount of money the state gives each district for each student. The BSA has been increased once in the last seven years and been bumped several times with one-time grants, 
But, as Gavon noted, it's never been adjusted for inflation. Several bills have been introduced in the legislature this year that might provide yet another bump, but it's anyone's guess where the final number will land. This left the Sitka School Board to consider only two options, whether to cut three teachers at Kikushihin and increase class sizes in fourth and fifth grade, or keep those teachers and take the district savings account to its lowest level ever, just over $10,000. Board member Todd Gebler wanted to keep the teachers. This is a risk. This is an enormous risk. And a lot of it, you can put a label on it if the state is not doing it. It's not doing what they should for us, and that is, that is the truth. They're really not doing it. But in, in, in order for for the teachers to do what they need to do, small class sizes are important. And in order in order for for us to do that, I'm very very happy to keep those three positions to keep. The risk is that the proposed budget assumes the state will increase the BSA with a one-time shot of four hundred and fifty dollars. Again. It's just a guess. Bills have been introduced in the legislature with higher amounts, but it's a long road before any of them arrive at the governor's desk. The final amount could also be lower than $450. In that event, the district couldn't meet its obligations, as pointed out by Mike Vieira, president of the Sitka Education Association, which represents teachers. If uh, if you can't meet very well, that's, that's us. So we're, I think that... Another alternative before the board would be to reduce staff at Kikushihin Elementary by two positions and transfer them to Blatchley Middle School. The resulting draw on district savings would then leave close to $200,000 in the bank. This was the preference of board president Blossom Teal Olson, who was uncomfortable with going all the way down to $10,000. I cannot, I cannot bring myself to be okay with walking away knowing that it would jeopardize our whole community knowing that our fund balance would be left at such a level. In the end, other board members overruled Teal Olson and voted to approve a budget that leaves the teaching staff intact, draws on $1.7 million in savings, and assumes the legislature will allocate at least another $450 per student to education this year, which, as yet, it has come to no agreement on. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Sitka School District's $23 million budget for next year now goes to the Sitka Assembly for final adoption. For the first time in recent history, Alaska legislators in both parties and the governor are talking about implementing a broad-based tax. New taxes aren't likely to pass this session, but Alaskans could start paying statewide sales or an income tax in the next few years. Many lawmakers say the looming deficit makes taxes necessary to keep paying for state services. Alaska Public Media's Lex Trinan asked economists to explain the pros and cons of a sales tax versus an income tax. Brett Watson, an economics professor at UAA's Institute for Social and Economic Research, says neither is great, economically speaking. Income taxes at the margin reduce people's incentive to work. Sales taxes at the margin reduce people's incentive to spend. And generally speaking, we want people in the economy to work and we want people in the economy to spend money. But Watson says taxes are also necessary to pay for things that residents want, given the reality of a gaping $800 million budget hole. 
More and more state lawmakers, Republicans, and Democrats agree. Even Governor Mike Dunleavy, who's long been resistant to any new taxes, told lawmakers he's working on a sales tax proposal. Nolan Clauda, director of the Institute of Social and Economic Research, says there are advantages to sales taxes. A sales tax is, of course, a very efficient way of collecting uh, tax revenue that that uh, doesn't tend to distort economic incentives too much. In non-economic speak, sales taxes don't take a lot of complicated bureaucracy to implement, and they don't tend to change how people buy. But they are regressive. That means poorer people are hit harder. Uh, it does have the trade-off of being um, somewhat regressive. You know, uh, lower income earners generally are going to pay a higher share of their income in taxes than with a progressive income tax, for example. That's because they still have to pay for essential products like groceries and gas. Jared Walzak, a researcher with the Washington, D.C.-based Tax Foundation, says there are ways to make sales taxes less regressive. A big one, taxing services like manicures and oil changes, not just goods. And we know that higher earners consume more in the services side. Uh, This is also going to apply to a lot of um, things like memberships, you know, the gym membership, the, you know, all all the memberships that you might have. An analysis by Walzak's right-leaning group found a 2.3% tax on most goods and services could earn the state up to $850 million, basically enough to fill the projected budget gap. That's what a bill from Representative Ben Carpenter, a Nikiski Republican, proposes. Walzak says a sales tax that includes nearly all services would make Alaska unique in the nation. If the legislation currently under consideration were adopted, Alaska would have the most progressive sales tax in the country by an enormous margin. Brett Watson, the UAA economist, says while sales taxes would be more regressive than an income tax, economic analyses have repeatedly shown that cutting the permanent fund dividend hurts lower-income Alaskans the most. PFD cuts are by far the most regressive option. He says if legislators really care about equity, preserving the PFD and implementing statewide taxes should be their first choice. Still, there are some costs that are hard to factor into economic analyses, People in rural, off-the-road system communities already pay much more for staples like milk and eggs, says Representative Bryce Edgman, an independent from Dillingham. He says his constituents favor a progressive income tax bill, which in its current form would put a 2% tax on income for people more than $200,000 per year. He says a sales tax option would make it even less desirable to live in places like Dillingham. I think it's going to be harder to attract and recruit uh, teachers and other uh, sort of itinerant workers that come and go over time with uh, an additional sales tax burden. Still, he's not ruling out the idea. He says he's glad that legislators and the governor have at least opened up discussions, as painful as new taxes might be. Reporting in Anchorage, I'm Lex Trinan. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.